Welcome to HEAL. This week, naturopathic doctor Amanda Lynn Hoffman shares her path to becoming a physician from her start being one of five siblings who all of the genetic syndrome Marfans. Shaped by a life of flexibility, open-mindedness, and literally being big-hearted, Amanda shows us to be bold, audacious, and live out loud no matter our circumstances. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. We have Dr. Amanda Hoffman, the extraordinary, the brilliant, the beautiful, the awesome, is here on Heal the Podcast. And I am so excited about this conversation. No pressure, dude. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But you are, you're just such a bright and beaming light. And I'm super excited to see what trouble we get ourselves into in this conversation today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I want to start the the with, yeah, like what, the what, what are you up to these days? Like, what's your gig? What matters to you? Oh, fun. Yeah. You know, that is a great question. Cause there's so many irons in the fire with everything going on. You know, I'm just getting pulled from okay, my passion, I came here on the earth for bringing Marfan syndrome to the surface. And, and then there's naturopathic medicine in general, you know, this huge revolution in medicine that is peaking now where we're so much more needed than ever before. Yeah. I mean, you can't hide from the lies anymore. So there needs to be these big leaders out in front that way, right? So draining, but exciting why we became naturopathic doctors really, you know, in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went back and read essays that I wrote to get into, you know, what was NCNM naturopathic college now uh, the university. And it's kind of like hairs on the back of your neck, standing up kooky, how I was onto something at 24 years old, not having any clinical knowledge or medical expertise like about the healing mechanisms of the body and what really matters like it was it was like ingrained in me somewhere and then naturopathic school helped me formalize it and organize it but yeah so some of this stuff is like I don't know cosmic it is isn't it yeah we were all drawn early on to help get us out there in the forefront Yeah, I think there's definitely something to us and to it's that we get ahead of the curve. Like I was in massage therapy, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And then it was like, whoa, everybody's a massage therapist, you know? And so now they're all like, want to be a naturopath. And I'm like, now's the time to do it because now you can make money at it a lot easier. We were, you know, the beginnings like credit cards and (laughs) (laughs) I'm all bad. (laughs) student loan money I saved up and squirreled away yep so what are you what are you up to right now tell me about some of the irons so we've got a book in the process to help get out kind of my just real basics but the my legacy I want to leave is really all the knowledge I've acquired for Marfan syndrome that ripples all the way through to the rare connective tissue disorders of hypermobility affecting a lot of us dancers and it it really just a lot of women who were like seen as like oh yeah you're flexible that's great well there's this dark side to it like your insides can just kind of fall out or you know you like your acid keeps coming up your throat and it's just none of these doctors are diagnosing it. It, You're getting pieced together, you know, and it's again, takes like a natural path to step back, see everything could go, Hey, you've, you've got to functionally, you're just kind of loose everywhere. You're always fighting a leaky gut syndrome type of thing. And it's now I'm of course attracting more and more people in this realm who aren't getting help anyway they're coming in for other things and then I'm feeling I'm going oh whoa you're like moving all over the place aren't you You got a little loose ligaments they're like yeah you know I twist my ankle all the time or whatever and so it's pretty cool little kids to moms you know just the family members just dialing in my my freaking radar is just that much bigger you came to it because that's what you deal with so tell us a little bit about your background like your story and then we'll get into some of like what you've been able to do about it yeah yeah my um 
my mom and her a pediatrician just kind of knew like she was loose. I was her first baby. I just kind of slid out. Then the doctor's like, whoa, this baby's really flexible. <laughs> like, well, that's like a doctor that has touched so many babies because we're freaking balls of, you know, human just tissue as uh-huh. anyway. <laughs> Like, wow. Well, then, you know, OHSU was where Dr. Lynn Sakai discovered the fibrillion gene that is the main mutation with my syndrome, Marfan syndrome, just being a little bit different than the other ones. So I got diagnosed a little earlier than most. And I think it just kind of coincided around third grade when I couldn't see the board anymore. Yeah. the loose connective tissue means like your eyes will be long and thin too. So it's just like everything overgrows, overstretches. There's a stop sequence that doesn't happen with, with growing. And, and then I look pretty normal as a kid, like, and, and, but it, and it'll come on as you grow because it's almost an autoimmunity to your muscles. So you're Mm -hmm. just breaking down your muscles all the time and then reinforcing scar tissue to try and help save what muscle parts are being broken down or connective tissue extracellular matrix and on but so it's funny to look at like my baby pictures like oh yeah I totally look normal and I feel like fucking Marfan syndrome robbed my looks I would Mm. look totally different not you know I'm like oh I'm so freaky looking tall and thin and stuff ugly duckling stages for sure as a kid and then now being fucking 45 and single I think it's more of like I'm in my power now though too really yeah you know, I'm just like attracting everybody I'm like oh everybody <laughs> is so beautiful now but yeah it's definitely <laughs> ugly duckling yeah yeah. Or the weirdo stretching everywhere I went. My friends like didn't even want to hang around me. They're like, you're just we're waiting on the bus stop and you have to like stretch your body all the time. And I didn't know how to express like I'm in pain all the time, you know? Yeah. And they just because we look normal. And so it's my beginnings of ableism being stereotyped and not having anything but showing like well, I look different, you know, I, there was nothing I to point to I growing this fast. <laughs> so, you know, it's bouncing around OHSU, of course, all medical doctors, Hey, put her on a beta blocker. Well, I don't think my mom ever even tried it because of looking at, she maybe did later with my brother and he was just like on the couch all the time. It just, you know, the best does he idea. have the same genetic as well your brother does yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest okay. of five of us having it oh so wow study us because it's supposed to be 50 50 and we all have it oh we my gosh wild dominant gene which may we have a family member that has tracked our stat all the way back to Abraham Lincoln and if you look at him he was extremely tall and skinny yeah with crazy ideas and <laughs> <laughs> does that go along with it your immense creativity there's like yeah there's this like openness and flexibility you have in mind and spirit it goes mm-hmm. all the way through you get it right the physical totally. all the way yep. yeah like our life and and I find that so always so interesting in you know I mean I use the word disease because that's what we call it but it doesn't necessarily (laughs) have to be like your body just it does some things really well and other things not the same but not being normal doesn't make it wrong kind of a thing but you know I've had other clients where like I had one person I knew really well that she had Lou Gehrig's disease in her 30s And her common conversation about herself most of her life was being weak and small and like not having any strength to stand up. And and then you have this flaccid paralysis disease that has you literally just not have a backbone, like not, you know, and I don't think that that's accidental. And often we can even see, and I don't know, are you familiar with Brene Brown's work? Of course. Right. So Brene Brown- world-renowned sociologist now who, you know, whoops, accidentally ended up on TED Talk. And then it became like one of the top five most watched TED Talks in the world. And all the things she talks about shame and vulnerability. But what I love about the way she looks at things is her, her, the way they study it is they interview people and then they track the language. They literally track like, 
what are the words people use all the time? How do they say these things? And I, and I'm now going to give this idea away. So if somebody else wants to do it, do it and tell me the results because I don't have time, but I've had this thought, (laughs) if I ever want to get a PhD, what I want to do is be able to do longitudinal studies where we track the speaking that people have about themselves, others in the world, and then be able to link it statistically to the kinds of diseases that they get later on in life. Because I think it manifests in our mental space, in our view, not like that that causes the disease, but that it's almost like those could be precursors to the disease. Like what if we could then have an app you could speak into and say and answer these questions and it could literally say you're more likely to end up with cardiovascular disease or you're more likely to end up with autoimmune disease because of the way that your language even is about things like that. So I totally get it. And I do get how that could have, you have this hypermobility in your joints and this openness and flexibility that has you be open and flexible to all kinds of things in life. That's so rad. And we literally have bigger hearts. And I have not met anybody, and we all look exactly the same, but we're all just like huge, easy to come up and talk to, you know, right? And not feeling like, yeah, it could be that person to understand everybody. So it's definitely awesome, but you have to learn your boundaries a lot better, right, too, on that front. But no, that's always fascinating to me, Sarah, because we look at like other cultures and how they speak and the words they have and the words they don't have. Or in Japan, if you accidentally kick the chair over, you would say like that chair fell over. Like it wasn't even your fault kind of thing. The chair just spontaneously like. (laughs) The universe is doing this and you have more connection with it. Or like the Muslims, like, oh, it's up to God's will, you know, with everything. It's God's will. And, you know, there's a point of that where it's like, well, when are you doing something? God is you too. (laughs) You know, I like being open, receptive, but also where's the feminine or the masculine side make it happen so now here you are going through your own journey and then how did you end up a naturopath right my own journey kept going kept going you know so first it was like that my first massage in college in bend oregon amazing woman who had been doing it in california forever yeah sure come on over get a massage she's offered it free to everybody i'm the only one who took it up because i'm like I'm more willing to do something new. I'm up for an adventure. Holy fuck. That was better than any sex or drug I had ever done at 19 yet. Right. I'm just laying there like my body finally feels good. This is what it feels like to kind of be in your body. Cause you know, you run on a level of pain with us chronic pain patients. You just start stepping out of it. You're like, yeah, I don't want to really live in that vessel very often. So it was like, Whoa, first time I really connected in my body and finding a treatment that could really work for me besides just laying me on the couch all day. (laughs) Thanks, MBs. So yeah, that like opened up like, okay, then experimenting in college, then it's marijuana. Now marijuana opens up to like meditation, yoga, Mm. breath work, like the way your mind opens up from that. And I had friends tell me, don't ever, you don't need psychedelics, Amanda. You're already kind of there. Because I was going <laughs> there with marijuana. Like, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and the ability to, so, you know, I've been an advocate for, for that for pain way before, ever, you know. It what, became the trendy thing. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to see. Now my parents that were like, oh my God, are like now coming to me for tips on growing and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to have to hide it in your closet. But but yeah, that definitely then took me into energy work, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of where the start of really being able to learn how to heal myself and others so much faster. Yeah. Right. You do. Uh, so I was dude did massage, went to school to become a therapist. I'm like, this is the best thing I can figure out to do. I need it. I want to give it to people. And I, I'm running late. Typical for me. I smashed my finger in my car door, running into massage school, downtown Eugene. And I come running in just bawling, you know, like 12 out of 10 pain, smashing your finger in your car door, right? Just busted up my thumb. This Reiki master grabs my hand, puts it around my thumb. And I tell you, Sarah, it was within three seconds, that pain went to zero. 
she was so good I was like what did you do and she told me about Reiki and like oh here's the a class let's go do it this thumb has forever been my monitor for Reiki stuff I would touch my patients and my massage clients and this will start wiggling where the spot is and then it like releases the stagnant chi and energy from that spot and it's been my little little marker ever since and it's like you know we're not going to learn if we don't have these (laughs) struggles and I feel like I get them more so I know how to fix them for my patients no it's totally I mean you know why did I become a naturopath like honestly I had asthma and allergies and all kinds of lung immune issues growing up and just my own exploration and something inside of me that was like yeah, I had my albuterol inhaler and they wanted to put me on steroids all the time. And, you know, like they did end up taking my tonsils out when I was 18 because I had antibiotic resistant strep throat after five years of antibiotics post mono. So like I had all the stuff going on and there was something inside of me that said like, okay, I had a chemistry degree. That's what my undergraduate was. And I'm like, well, I know in a chemical reaction, if you have the right reagents under the right conditions, temperature, pressure, pressure doesn't really change much, you know, and then pH will, then you get the right things out. If you're getting the wrong things out, what, so it was like, I started messing around with diet in my body as my own chemistry set. And then that led me to look into herbs, which led me to look into like, you know, and I already grew up with one foot in a lot of alternative medicine, but I didn't know naturopaths existed. I only found out there was such a thing as a naturopathic physician about three days before I applied to school. Oh my I read God. an article in a magazine and I literally was like, what Where was is this article? that? It was in was Natural that? Health Magazine and it was actually from one wow. of the online doctors of nat- naturopathy that is in a clinical medical program. Right, right. And the advertisement literally read, you will be a naturopathic doctor. And I was like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. And I Googled it. And then three days later, I was downloading applications to schools. Like it was yeah. like the light bulb went off, you know, right. but it was my own process and my own journey of like, and you know, I go to the local natural food store and I would stare at three aisles of supplements and be like, I don't know, like, <laughs> let's try two of these, you know? And I just like try stuff, but I was literally guessing And I know a lot of my clients that like, you know, they get in and then that's like, that's a whole nother thing I could get going on the tangent of like, and then, you know, is it the quality of the herb? Is that why it's working or not working? Like, how was it actually ever produced? Where was it produced under what conditions? And which I now know how important all those components are after school. So like, that's a place we get to help a lot of people is navigate that world. But that was already all of interest to me. And I grew up with crystals. I wore malachite around my neck in order to hold my lungs and my breathing open up. My mom was awesome about like, you know, she came from a pretty alternative background and we would do, you know, guided light meditations when I, you know, I'd be on all the drugs and I still couldn't breathe. And so she'd lay there and we'd do all these guided visualizations and things like that. So I had that piece. I just didn't know we existed. I didn't know there was a naturopathic doctor. So that was like how it happened for me was this like magazine article that changed my life and then you know now it's been almost 20 years since that journey began and and figuring it out but each step of the way like I don't I think we might have talked about this when we reconnected but last summer I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome you know and that's post healing all of my childhood chronic illness and completely resetting everything and and I really do have it like it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and I'm actually now about nine months in since being diagnosed and like doing fantastic because I just immediately took action. Oh, And so I'm kind of not even qualified for the diagnosis anymore, which I'm fine with that. It's something I have to be responsible for, but it's so different. And that led me to a whole new exploration of, you know, sears and mold toxicity and underlying like candida overgrowth that I'd never studied in the same extent. Like I'm now learning organic acid testing and all these kinds of things because it was my own exploration. So, you know, you slam your thumb in a car door and it leads you to Reiki. And then this next thing happens. And then I, my job is just to stay at least one, if not five steps ahead of my clients. And as long as I can do that, I know we can keep helping each other. 
exactly exactly like okay i can take you down this path and i love the ones that are pushing me you know and they'll be like my athletes and stuff because i'm an athlete inside but i can't <laughs> my inner athlete <laughs> i i continued this conversation in boston which i'm totally thinking about today st patty's day but when i got approached by the wnba uh, scouts and I was just like flirting with the idea for them why they keep buying me drinks at this lesbian bar because they would go to the lesbian dance clubs to scout. I happened to be playing co-ed for the city of Boston, co-ed basketball. Yep. All the stuff I'm not supposed to be doing, but you know, me, I'm not going to say no. To right. Because in Mar fans, they're worried about like actually overextending and causing injury. And so they'll tell you to like, right. And I've already yep. dislocated a hip from a layup in at 15, 16 that forever kills my right side. But yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just make sure I do my layups on my left side. I'm left handed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. And the guys were super sweet. As much as I'd be scared of doing co-ed basketball, those guys are just like, they're not going to roll you over like yeah. girls do in high school. They, girls have something to prove. So it sometimes comes out different. That was, I can't ever do those things, but the, you know, the, all of our patients are so much more educated, you know, so they're constantly helping me go. And I love being an older adult now where I don't feel like I have to have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me check that one out for you and yeah. um and I could uh, learn too so yeah. but it's it's really nice to just focus on a few things and you know GI stuff hormone adrenal stuff and yeah the other stuff comes like mold oh crap environmental medicine toxicity yeah. um, manganese we got a steel mill here I've got a lot of patients I got to detox manganese from wow. which has connection with copper and yeah yeah and then chronic fatigue syndrome you know they're going into and autoimmunity so yeah it's we're getting into just a dirtier dirtier world where the and little I do think it's changed do. yeah it's like it's not so, the same you know I mean every every generation has their version of it's not the same I mean we're not dealing with world wars that's right. awesome we're not dealing with right. you know the great depression really and even whatever versions of economic challenges we have they're different than they were they're our version now you know but then right. what used to be fringe conversations of heavy metal toxicity is like it's hard pressed finding an american anymore that wouldn't you know and it used to be like oh we'll do you know when we were in school even it was like hairdressers people who work in specific industries i've seen it in some of my clients that are pretty regular artists because they got a bad habit of sticking their paintbrushes in their mouth and so they get paint all over themselves, you know, so I definitely have some, but, but it was always like a niche. And now yeah, I have people who are like, one. you really think it could be heavy metals? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, but I, I don't have any exposure. I'm like, that's not how it works anymore. Well, first of all, you do because you live here period. Yes. And there's so many hidden things in so many places. Uh, you know, I, they, I just heard that they're now they've invented a vacuum and they're sweeping up the ocean floor outside of Catalina Island in Los Angeles because there was old dumping grounds of herbicides and pesticides, and particularly, I think it's DDT, is that right? Ooh, and yeah. it's all illegal now, but they had known that they had dropped a lot of excess in the ocean back in the day and it's still there and it's getting into the water. Like it's actually right. like into the local LA water, not just, you know, never mind the fish in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, but the actual it's starting to have a problem. So they're like, there's a big thing where they're literally vacuuming up the ocean floor to get the toxicity out of it. So it's just the bottom line oh. is it's every everywhere now, and oh. you know doesn't mean everybody's toxic because some people are better at excretion and elimination than others. But exactly. now we're learning more about you know methylation defects and the COMT gene and other things that impact our body's abilities, yes, and that's where. Some of my clients who are like, I don't get it. I still can't walk down the laundry detergent aisle. I still can't be Ooh, in the perfume section at the, you know, in the international airports where you're in the duty-free shop and they have to hold their breath walking to the other side of the Cancun airport because of all mm -hmm. the perfumes. And it's like, those are the people that I go, we got to look, we got to look for underlying, you know, what else Genetic might be going snips. on. I know yeah. now we have to be experts for 
reading everybody's genetic stuff coming in, which is cool. We're going to go so much farther and faster yeah. being able to understand people's dirty genes to yeah. use Dr. Ben Re- uh, Lynch's yep. term there, which is just a, a really helped me with put people into like, but the histamine goes to my Ehlers-Danlos people in a different way than the DOA. But cool thing with our medicine, treatments are the same, right? A lot yeah. of times it doesn't fucking matter what the label is. What and thing it is. Like whatever you just said, about. that sentence, even I didn't follow that. I don't know what with the histamine and the hunamana, but the point oh, is. Oh, oh right. right. So Ehlers-Danlos people, they found that their mutation is the histamine gene because ah. too much histamine will make you extra loose and flexible, right? Where the DAO gene, if that's dirty and not, you just have, you know, extra histamine you're kicking up in your gut and Mm. that'll just be kind of a regular person who has a histamine problem, low methylation possibly. And then, yeah, the the cool thing that Elena Guggenheim, our colleague, who is our resident, is four years out on a waiting list because she's one of the experts and only naturopaths at OHSU doing that. So really cool to take her trainings to help relieve some of her patients there with yeah. this stuff. And, yeah. But you know, vitamin C, quercetin, all the same things. Well, that's treated. the, yeah. And that's the thing I'm even seeing around. I actually realized that I've treated several cases of mold toxicity and heavy metals without ever testing them for either one. And it just unveiled itself and we kept going on the track. And then now I'm learning more about the specifics and I'm looking back and going, Oh, that's what was going on. Now I do think, you know, precision can help with efficiency. So if we can say exactly what it is, it can move things quicker, but the flip side is, and this is just kind of a general warning out there is I've also seen some, I'll be honest, more the integrative MDs where they'll learn about these and then they'll do like $10,000 of testing all at once. And they'll do the whole kit and caboodle and then kind of throw the book at people. But here's the thing is therapeutic order matters. And what I mean by that is like, you got to unwind. Like if anybody, like, here's the best example is like, you go into your jewelry box and you have an old chain that's gotten in like nine knots and you can't just pull the two ends. (laughs) It won't go well. You have to slowly find your way through which knot needs to be undone first. And then what opens up and then what opens up and the body's the same way. And so like, that's where my experience and, and, and some integrative docs have really, and when I say that, I mean, typically medical doctors who've then gone on to get further education in integrative medicine, tried to retrain backwards but. And and it's awesome where they're getting to. And some of them, I'm like, if I just went to a conference where I learned from a whole bunch of these integrative medical doctors in inflammatory neurologic conditions. And that's where a lot more I learned about mold. And I learned more about candida overgrowth. And this is crazy that funguses can actually grow their hyphae, which are those long arms, and they can open transporters in a nerve cell so that the door is always open. Oh and my they God, put sir. the hyphae through the door and grow through the nerve cell and they get into the brain, oh. crossing the blood brain barrier. That's oh. how it happens. It doesn't, it goes inside the cell and it's like, oh my God, I'm so for the people listening, I know. The, it really is like that. And for the people listening is like, that's how, and they're seeing on autopsies of er, particularly early onset Alzheimer's and dementia, but also with some of these vets that are coming back where the head trauma makes the brain more susceptible, then their diet and the gut ecology is all off for varying different reasons, which that's a chicken or the egg thing. And then you boom, have yeah, terrain first. Nervous system problems terrain? that can cause gut issues. Gut issues can call, cause nervous system problems. So they interconnect. Yeah. And then the yeast colonizes and literally can get through. And the way they discovered this was there was a group of patients who all needed to have their vagus nerve, which is the nerve that connects the GI tract to the brain, essentially, and several other things. They were having their the vagus nerve cut for a totally different reason but all these people who had that surgery yeah weren't ever getting parkinson's disease like they were at a way lower risk for parkinson's and so they started to study why is that and one of the things is is because 
these That's gut issues were going through the vagus nerve into the brain and now they're not doing it because of the surgery yeah. now that does not mean anybody should run out there and get their vagus nerve cut That's oh not god the point. no it's the most important <laughs> it's very highway. important gotten yeah. brain. But those but kinds of details, we're now we able to- in medicine. Yeah, yeah, why we go backwards. Oh, this caused this. Yeah, we're going to call this the, the geek way. episode. So, because we are totally geeking out on <laughs> this stuff, but- Stick the so, foot in and keep the transporter door open. It's wow. crazy. Point of all of this, right, is yes, you can get hyper- and, you know, I am a science geek and I do kind of love this stuff. And like, if I had my way, I would run tests up the one end and down the other with all my clients and see all the little nitty gritty right. details. But I'm always but. weighing the pros and cons of where are you going to put your financial resources? Yeah. Because I've seen people exhaust themselves on the diagnostics, but now the treatment needs about 10 grand <laughs> to yes. be able to implement what needs to be done over a year or two to clean it up. And then, and then there's the therapeutic order, like which thing do you start with? And that's where I think naturopathic physicians still have a very unique knowledge set that's not yet duplicated in integrative physicians because we are experts in physiology. We know how healthy bodies work and we know what the healthy body's supposed to be doing. And so we can see it. And I always say it's sort of like back in the day before digital photography, you had film and you had this thing called a negative. And it was like the negative and the photograph are the same image, but completely the inverse of each other. And that's kind of how naturopaths are is like, we're looking at the same data and we're seeing the same things that medical doctors do, but we see it from the flip. Instead of saying what's wrong with the body, what's wrong with like, what disease is this? We're asking, well, what is the endocrine system not doing? Why is the gut not balanced and healthy? We're looking for like, what's the missing physiology that if that was happening, then this body would be in a normal state of existence. And like that piece is not, I rarely hear that from MDs yet. Like, I think that's where we get to be leaders. We get to be teachers. We get to be trainers. Like we get to actually put that out there because I still don't hear that very often. They may now be replacing, you know, NSAIDs and ibuprofen and and Tylenol with curcumin, with turmeric. Great. Green allopathy. But it's, it's like, we haven't gotten to the comprehensive way of dealing with things, you know, especially when you're getting into complicated stuff of people with genetic issues that then we're mitigating their physiology to do the best they can. So like, tell us a little bit more, what's the expectation with Marfans? Like what I remember is, you know, shorter life expectancy and. Right. I'm supposed to have my aortic aneurysm around the corner at 45, us women just Mm -hmm. rip open and you better have your medical bracelet on. So they know why you went down. Yeah. (laughs) And so that, that was always the big scary one in school, right? It's the aortic root will rip open. So you watch that, monitor it and protect it. And I had an MRI done. Now I'm doing all my naturopathic stuff. And I am the latest one in my family to have to have surgery. My brothers went at heart surgery in twenties. My sister's more like 40. My youngest sister is good though. She's just got some wicked scoliosis, which Mm. is a common thing too. But the the pain thing in the, in the muscles is definitely what you are always looking for answers with. And it's yeah. just so draining and stuff like that, but uh leaky gut all the time. Yeah. So, so you Cause the connective are- tissue in the gut can't hold together either. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have to do double time of Saccharomyces boulardii and making really sure you're doing non-inflammatory foods and so much on the bone broth and collagen support, you know, but if you got either stand low, so like, oh, watch out for those histamine bonds. Because that can and, increase in histamine. Yep. Right. So it's just really, it comes back with all of us spoonies or chronic pain patients of just kind of learning where your nose are. And, you know, all of us who want to go, go, go. I find we have it more fans, or maybe it's people with just genetic issues have a few other things like I've got apoe in the liver I you know my mom's got hemochromatosis you know it was like other things that can get flipped and this yep. is all really goes with just this the sequencing getting all weird and off and such but I've lost my track now well, we were talking about the like 
life expectancy and some of the later term, like what the long-term consequences for, you know, what's predictable. And what I think I'm hearing already is like, here's here, I'm leading the witness. I'm going to just ask the question I want the answer to. Do you think you're doing better than a standard Marfan's patient, given that you're naturopathic by medicine? far, okay. by far, we, it, can, the amount of stuff I can get done, you know, is just so much more for sure. Although I got lucky, my strain isn't as intense. We'll have, you know, it's a spectrum. Luckily ours is yep. called a syndrome. It's not even considered a disease type of thing yet. Yep. You know, so that's where it's, we can see, see those things, but yeah, haven't had to have my heart surgery yet. I'm going to see if I can push that off as much as possible. I I don't have the killer stomach issues because I understand the leaky gut. Mm -hmm. There's tons of GI stuff. And that's why my first big program from our fans is is really that leaky gut because that we know the gut's everything that gut starts going off now your brain is vagus nerve boom brain fog going on way more than just just gluten like we typically see Uh, the amount of activity I do I think is way beyond you know I got two young boys I'm 45 I'm still chasing a five-year-old and doing kung fu you know it's learning the the things that you can do and how far you know like I shouldn't be snowboarding anymore now I have fucking migraines every morning if I'm not careful slamming my head around yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so these, these things I'm like, okay, my patients do what I tell you, not what I do. Cause I'm going to find out for us. <laughs> gonna... over here. Well, what was that about being a rebel doctor? We were talking about that. Yeah. That's going to be my podcast name. Yep. Rebel doctor.com. It's already, the page is going up here soon because I've always tried to learn. And even in med school is like, okay, who can stay up all late drinking coffee in a bar with all of my little crew of yep. friends, you know, and like just do the wrong things. You guys are natural bad kids or like, yeah, but you just try med school, dude. You'll be doing whatever it takes. <laughs> So then adrenal fatigue, right? right. Gotta fix that one. And <laughs> we just thought we'd experiment with ourselves and then push our limits and see. But you know, some of it too is, and I know you and I fall in this, and you know, not all naturopaths are like you and I. I think we're rebels within a rebel community. But it's like <laughs> I, you know, I I threw out that definition way back, and I think it came out of, I don't know when it started, the 90s or whatever, but I remember kind of the metaphysical early mind-body medicine conversations was that health was about balance. Mm-hmm. And I tossed that idea out a long time ago. And I'm like, first mm-hmm. of all, if we actually look in evolution, like that's not about balance. What has evolution evolve is this push up against an edge to see right. how close to the edge can you get without dying. And the <laughs> ones that die, they don't evolve. And the yeah. ones that don't die evolve, but you're not, it's That's not better. the species that are in their comfort zone that right. make the next move, right? So like, I yeah. think some of us do have that. I have that, I know you have that where I'm like, my reason for naturopathic medicine is not about balance. It's how much can I get away with? Okay. So if I take these supplements and if I make sure I eat this healthy, then I can go do these other things over here. And it's like, so that's where the human potential movement and maximizing performance became more interesting to me is like, not about how can I sit in lotus position in chi mode all the time, which I do do that, but that's one of the things I do so that I can go push the edges again and like explore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> I joke, that's why I went to medical school. So I could figure out how, okay, if I'm going to eat like this, what can I need to do to balance out that crap I liked? And if I like my gin and tonics and here in the Willamette Valley wine industry, you know, it's all about that balance and learning, okay, we're going to have to detox a little often, a little mm-hmm. more often, you're going to have to do this and that. And so my joke was like, I learned 
just so my I could keep up my bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out now. And that is my <laughs> other scene I've been doing research on right now too with a lot of street kids is that because they're especially now after COVID people are going to their bad habits hard yeah. right yeah and and you see now that hangover cure with the B vitamins and some herbs right on the front counter of all the 7-Elevens anymore. And you're like, God damn it. I could have created. I could have formulated that a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> know, we've been doing this since med school where we had our own like, okay, this is the Vegas hangover one right uh -huh. here. This is just your typical. <laughs> Although I do get, I honestly do get a little annoyed about all the, the spa IV drip places that are popping up. When I lived in Arizona, there was a lot of them and it was like right. totally detox retox. You know, it was like right. you partied all weekend. So just replenish your nutrients, yeah. you know, by IV on Monday morning. And I'm a little like, but it, whatever it's trendy and time, it's making yeah, some of our colleagues, some good money to be able to uh, administer. So good for them. Right. And you know. it's, those ways to get them in. Let's talk a little bit more about things. That... IVs are gateway drug to getting people into opening up to the rest of medicine. So yes, yeah, that's fine. Exactly. So needles in general can be. I um... know, right? <laughs> people like quick results. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah exactly. And going back to what we were talking about before of the therapeutic order, like, you know, I just, I had I a follow-up with a new client this morning. She's really only three weeks in and I haven't done anything crazy. We're just bringing consciousness to her food. She's done castor oil packs twice. You know, <laughs> she's just opening herself up. But in this process of the shift she's already made, heartburn is down, breathing is better, sleeping through the night five times. She hadn't slept through the night in almost a year before that. So like, that's the other thing I love to see is, is when like the really easy basics and I start people with that. I don't usually add supplementation in until about two or three months into treatment because I want people to really recognize increasing the awareness and doing basic things and utilizing stuff that like actually is in your in your kitchen cabinet, like apple cider vinegar or baking soda can start to make those differences and to empower people around that. And then we use the supplements to just crank the volume up on some things. And it does depend on who I'm starting with. You know, this wasn't somebody that is already dealing with a bunch of major serious diagnoses, but was in the world of, I feel like crap though. And I don't like my alternatives of just having to be on steroids and, you know, nebulizers and those kinds of things is like one of different options. Right. So that's where I find all the alternative health coaches out there that are killing it online because they don't have licenses to protect. Yeah. And I'm, my thing is they don't even know the questions to ask because they don't understand how healing goes, yep. you know? So it is ending up just being what we learned in school, green allopathic medicine. How do you replace the Tums with something alternative? Well, that's great and all, but it's still the symptom coverage where you're getting into knowing it, those herbs and what's really something you need to do in your kitchen on a general basis, sipping your pickle juice before you eat that sausage, you know, is going to be so much more empowering for you. And, but figuring out why that happened, why that was there mm -hmm. and, and knowing, you know, and I like, it was a quote, I think it was like from Damien Hall, he used to know, Arsenio Hall, we used to do kind of interviews. He's like, I don't even, I'm so ignorant. I don't even know the right questions, you know, for some of the stuff with things. And, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's really where, you know, if we're really, when we get on this, it is the interview process. It's going into that patient and getting them to open up. And then we can really find boom, boom, boom. And then I also bring in that intuitive component too, that I know you work with where it's like, I also just have a general agreement with the universe that every new client will say exactly what they need to say for me to know what they're dealing with. And that I, I actually just, you know, not the truth, but it is where I stand is that every client tells me the key to their healing in the first visit their body's wisdom, their soul somehow gets it out of their mouth, whether they know they've said it or not. And I often right. can trace that back yes. 
And it's like, and people often say things to me like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, or is this even relevant? Do you want me talking about it? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, it's wild. So here's the million dollar question, Dr. Amanda. Tap into it. What? What? If you had 60 seconds to tell the world anything, Mm, like what, what is it that if you could just like, ah, from the high mountaintop, what would you say? And right now, pertinent to, you know, the beginning of 2021, it would be, you guys all need to stop doing and let's just go back and be rest bring on the mysterious the messy this is where the miracles happen as my intuitive teacher would say we have go 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 all the time we want to fix it we want to cure it and we need to retrain ourselves to bring up the goddess energy right now and i want everybody to go back in themselves slow down and and listen and trust their bodies and be in tune with nature and you can overcome and heal everything. Don't be scared of it. It is scary at first, especially when you've been so far out into your little pod and your cement world, drinking dead circulating municipal water, never going out to anything but a park. You know, there's, you had your babies in the hospital all hooked up, didn't even connect to your body's wisdom to have a birth or anything that, nothing really came in naturally, you know, Mm -hmm. and go, it's time for everybody to start getting back to trusting their bodies, going to nature and quit trying to get into these mental fast quick fixes that science is taking the boys the one percent boys are taking us to (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you know i I follow some of the i i always mispronounce his name it's it's jamie wheel and stephen kochner i think of the flow genome project and and there's you know some amazing research being done about like how we drop into flow state and that's kind of been one of my passions is like tapping human potential but not from the place of like circumventing the natural expression. It's more like un, I don't even have the language because this is such a new area is like releasing human potential, but fully supported and nourished versus draining ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of, you know, what we deal with is, is just been so much external focus you know, and everything you listed too is like a lot of those things. I think even there's some part of mo- many of us that innately we even kind of know having our babies in those circumstances wasn't what we really wanted to do, but we weren't given any other great options or, right. you know, and then there's always that debate, like better living through chemistry. If I don't go that route, am I going to harm my kid? Am I missing out on something? Is there, you know, like we don't have good information about that, but like you said, and whatever the heck is next for humanity, let's hope, you know, things I've heard about of this, the sixth world or the, the age of Aquarius, the dawn of whatever we're shifting into. And we're in the transition now, which is why everything seems quite so crazy. Mm -hmm. We're in the pea soup, you know, when the caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it completely dissolves into goop in the middle and it's getting kind of goopy around here yeah Yeah. it's getting goopy and And like birthing new here it's makes it challenging but it is also interesting to see what's coming up in the younger generations and like their desire to just be human not even be male or female but to just be human and to be connected to each other and how we connect and you know, that's been a big thing for me. Like the first six months of working with a CFS diagnosis was just purely physical. It was like, my body literally just said, you sit still time no out. <laughs> that was like the whole communication. And I did, I slowed way down. And then ironically, while I was slowing down, I produced a podcast, but it wasn't more work. This was like a creative outlet for me. And it balanced some things and it kept me connected to the root of the medicine and what really matters to me in the conversations. But now I'm in this second phase of healing that's just pretty much started since January. 
And it's less about the physical. I have to still tend to those things. I got to tend to my diet, my sleep, my breathing, but I'm realizing in what I kind of have gotten both from my naturopathic physician and also from my intuition is like, if I don't heed the warning that's coming at me right now, physically, I'm going to miss a real opportunity. And the warning is about exactly that being in nature like living differently, like literally altering my lifestyle. And so that's in the works. And I don't all know what that's going to mean. I've got some ideas, you know, but like a big move coming up, I might be moving (laughs) and uh, putting myself into a new physical environment that will, you know, that's my intention for that is to get me to a place where like my day-to-day living is more connected. But even if we can't, pick our houses up and move. There are ways to do that in our daily life that just has to do with like, I have all my clients do a grounding exercise and it's as simple as sitting on the floor, which we rarely ever do, but to get our butts down on the ground and like be grounded and, or it can be more extensive, like walking barefoot in the grass. And Amanda is sitting on the ground right now. Like, you know, I mean, you guys can't see it, but trust me, she is. It's part of the shift. Yeah, I've got pillows on the floor in the kids' room now for the office. I'm like, I got to go back to being comfy again. But it's true. You can feel the ground and the earth and you can get to the magnetism that the earth is giving you and no matter where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So that, you know, I can really get that as like, and it's interesting because, you know, as an interviewer here, I get to ask a lot of people that question and how many people have been saying the same thing about tuning in and slowing down and rest. And, and like a lot of people come to me still going, really, are you sure? Is that, how much does that really matter? You know, but I think it's because of the self-care. They think self-care is getting your nails and your hair done, going to the spa for the day. When self-care is sitting down, going inside yourself and learning how to soothe, self-soothe, to hold yourself. You know, if that's literally holding yourself, brushing your hair, relaxing and taking that time to listen to all your inner parts that could be screaming at you like fuck you you're not listening to me and we're literally like abandoning parts of ourselves when we keep staying in the mind and and going 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 and because yeah we have we have all the knowledge in our hearts us doctors are just guiding at you with a few things but it's still just to help help you get to the same place and you know the real work is right back into ourselves and that's what we're all getting getting told to do right now I know I mean this whole year and it's not over yet and it's a big it's been a big sit down and think about what you've done (laughs) (laughs) but it can be in such a loving and compassionate way as well though you know yeah 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 so what's next for you? We You're in works on a book. So yeah, now it's, you know, spring, summer, all the seeds of the winter are starting to burst, right? Yeah. You know, going into the, the flower and the emotional sides. And I am the, the book, well, and then a podcast. Yes. <clears throat> Rebel Doctor, because we, I just am excited to get, and I've been getting more invites for guesting just because I'm saying different things about, what's going on here and united the the Sharona of the pandemic and how much worse this really is when we keep looking at fixing things from the mind and the mental male way yeah and seeing if we can um, get people back into taking taking charge and so that's what the podcast will be trying to help answer and just talk, take on those subjects that people aren't talking about. I know one we were talking about is, you know, women being able, some of these are like teaching these kids that think that taking Molly and everything, all these drugs they're doing now, you know, and ways to help balance that out. So they're not like suicidal afterwards, you know, women being able to know all the alternatives, say, because all we have for sex protection is killing us to take oral birth control pills. No, that's not right. It's not connected to you. You can't even lose weight. All my women that are like, so I want to be perfect. And yeah, 
through all these things. And I'm like, no, you have to at least feel your own hormones. We have to bring that on board for you to naturally move anything properly. Otherwise it's surgery. So that is definitely exciting. And then throwing out some courses yeah. and to help people fine tuning my bulletproof your gut course because I'm big on, on the gut stuff and then um, reaching out to the more of the Marfans community. I've got to formulate a new product. There was so, something that was out there from Metagenics and they pulled it and it was the only thing that was going in and stopping these MMPs, the metallomatrix proteinases from breaking down our extracellular matrix. I actually found it and I could never get any of the Hell's Dietz and these big researchers and Marfans connected over to the naturopathic world. You know, there needs to be more bridges. Right. I'm just, yeah, I'm totally that's true in so many communities. Yeah. And bridge builder. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, I will do it. So I'm looking at, <clears throat> and maybe a formula is going to be like the loose goose for the loose woman, you know, <laughs> something fun. Yep. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> combat some of these things I know a lot of my women are crying about prolapses or urinary bladder leakages and yeah. you know just kind of bringing up some of these things or you know with the with the sex stuff the fact that you can like throw in a vitamin c or boric acid tab and that'll help kill off all of the sperm and you know that with the rhythm method can be a real natural way to help guide yeah. things or yeah. Oh, you didn't have, have your period, a couple herbs that could help you, you know, so talk about these things that us old herbal witches know and been passing on to each other. But we haven't been, been really able to go public with it. And that's we've been way, burned it's time. For in the past. Yeah. yeah. So I am excited to, I went through this thing with just, when I got censored at the beginning of COVID about sharing herbs, you know, and a lot of us naturopaths did. Yeah. And then there were some new laws to make sure we didn't that were being watched by the FTC, right? It really hit my past lives of being burned at the stake. And yeah. I'm like, I can't talk about this again. And then I just was able to rip that off and heal it. And now I'm like, all right, nobody can shut me up now. I'm going to create my own podcast and talk yep. about everything. Yeah. I'm right here. Those, you know, it was interesting. I'm like, well, that slipped out of my mouth. We're talking about it now, you know, and, and I don't think everybody is aware, but it was a big deal for the naturopathic community when COVID first hit that a lot yeah. of us were putting out some really helpful, useful guidelines that goes back 250 or more years, has clinical research, has plenty of backing. I had a sheet out there. I had a whole how-to guide and, right. you know, many of us got censored. And if we didn't, we should have. Mine, <laughs> mine slipped through the cracks. I was a small enough fish, but, you know, no, eventually I just had to make it a Google document that was, was like by invitation only. And uh -huh. I wasn't able to do it, you know, more publicly, which is just, I, you know, I, I get it on one side and I understand the public health conversation, but on the other side, it's like, really, that's where we're at as a world. We have affordable, cheap, easy solutions that have got scientific backing that you can buy at the grocery store, but yeah. we're not allowed to talk about that. And that was kind of crazy to go through that and to recognize. So I do think, you know, it, I mean, I should do a whole nother podcast on the conversation about how much rumor mill and lack of information there is about saying that alternative medicine and herbal medicine is not scientifically backed. And that's actually incorrect. And then yeah, you actually deal with like conventional medicine isn't as scientifically backed as people think it is. I know. <laughs> That's the whole other side of it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good TED talk looking at <laughs> all the JAMA articles. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> They're pushed yeah. on in. Everything's just sponsored by an agenda. We like Anyone to say evidence-based medicine, referring to certain types of clinical trials and studies. And, that, and that's a good place to look. But there's just still so much bias and politics take in it. Herbs and we're individual medicine. They'll take the wrong herbs, the yep. wrong dose to yep. the wrong people, and then say it doesn't work. If we like, can even get the studies didn't even done, talk with an expert yep. who understands how to work with herbs. So that, it's like they don't even want to have that. Some don't want to have Some, that conversation. Yeah. The other ones are like, oh, dude, you guys know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can you teach me a little bit? And it's like, well, you got to reverse your thinking on how you're looking at the body. And that is, 
how how to unlearn is yeah. definitely huge that is a yeah. time to do for sure but you know I'm just that. a little go ahead Oh, Wikipedia has had us locked down for what a year now that yeah. says we're all quacks and we can't even go in and change it, you know? So yeah. it's just like, there's still a lot God. of that misinformation out there and, and it's, yeah, it's more, it's more of a cultural conversation than reality based. And like, you know, one of the ones I get all the time, cause I prescribe a lot of homeopathy and then I'll get pushback of homeopathy isn't scientific and it, PubMed is a very common public document database of medical uh, science research. And if you just put in the word homeopathy, it's like over 6,500 articles come up. <laughs> 6,500 awesome. articles on PubMed, just, you know, just put that word in. And then there's other surgeries and other pharmaceuticals you can drop into PubMed, you'll get 50 references, 100 references. So it's like, and I realize this is a broad, I'm just throwing that out there, right. but like, that's just stuff we say. We just keep saying, oh, it's unscientific. No, it's not. It's not actually unscientific at all. Right. And, and it, we just keep repeating that and it's not based in reality. And then we'll also just blanketly yeah. assume all the due diligence has been done for medical trials. And often it's a six week, maybe at best 12 week drug trial. Most people are on medications for a minimum of 12 weeks and usually up to like 10, 15, 20 years. And that we're only just now figuring out like, what is all of this Ritalin that our generation was given in a childhood? How does that really impact people long-term? We're only now starting to figure that out as those kids from the eighties are now 40. Yes. And, you know, things like that. So a future podcast coming to a town near you is, you know, that world, but it's a dangerous territory. I have a lot of opinions to, about it. And I have a lot of things I'm willing to be wrong about if people want to bring it back to me, but it's tricky to have those conversations. And that's, you know, so if you do it and I do it and we keep doing it, it's going to open up, even if it's opening right. up the dialogue. So what yeah. if I'm wrong, but at least now we're talking about it. So yes. like, I'm okay with that. And that's what I had right. to get over in the podcast was my own ego wanted to protect itself and be like, what if you get backlash? What if people hate you? You know? And I was like, no. okay, but I'm willing to stick my neck out there and potentially say something really dumb or something I regret, but at yeah. least it gets us talking about it. And that's right. now more important to me. And I've grown past that, you know, into that willingness. Yeah, good, good, good. It is huge. Yeah. I got that with the vaccine. All right, everybody's doing the experimental product. I'm like, nope, I'm going to push out all my concerns here. And, you know, I got tons of backlash, of course, from our own colleagues are mm -hmm. the strongest and against that. And, and, and I had a good conversation with the best years he was a teacher in immunology up there, but mm -hmm. he's not a natural path. Right. Okay. And so you could tell where he was different. I'm like, that's right. You know, but we were, he was having a nice conversation with me and, and that the, the autoimmunity, you know, like the arts doesn't really happen. And I'm just kind of like, this is a biologic you can't tell me that when I've been listening to Dr. Paul Anderson for years, show us how confused the immune system gets after it, one dose of Humira. Yeah. Now we've got this mRNA medical product going in that I'm like, ah, I we'll think see. we're going to be seeing a bit of not only are we seeing a lot of immediate, but yeah. there's going to be and it's interesting because I think you and I have a lot where we agree on it and it's not a matter of opinion. And in my circumstance, personally, I chose to get the vaccine and in your circumstance, you can choose not to. And actually, I think you and I have a lot of similar scientific rationale around it. So it's like, but we, you know, we can get into dialogues about it and explore. And that's what I've done with each of my clients has been on a case by case basis in the conversation. And I usually don't get on the public health bandwagon about vaccines. And in this case, for COVID now in the pandemic, I chose to, of knowing my vaccination could make a difference for hundreds of people around me and choosing that to be one of my reasons, but it was a very personal choice, you know, and, right. and yeah. I don't doubt that we will see, I mean, anytime we've done yeah. any significant medical intervention, antibiotics, steroids, inhalers, you know, all of that, there's always, there's always a cost. I'm not living in the world that there's not a cost. It was just a cost benefit analysis for me personally 
and then we see, and we're going to, you know, find out. And that's where, if there's any risk, we have to be able to consent to it. And that's the, yeah. where I hope it doesn't go on to that, yeah. that level. Cause then that's just, again, that next level of pharma government overreach. Right. And it's just, you know, and I really got involved when the MMR, when the measles was going around and, and I feel they were testing the waters there mm-hmm. because they were able to push some mandations through and, and they made so much bloody money. So much, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, and we future, see, future podcasts. On I that know one. the ethics yeah. of medicine and to yeah. help you know educate people that this has been going on this cross connection with them since the late 1800s. And if we aren't willing or able to discuss the dark side or even just the the failures, like we can't learn. And that's the part that I think I haven't yet now talking to you. I'm like, okay, maybe it's time. I'm getting more willing and bold to find the way to talk about that because I think it's important. Like, I mean, we say it all the time, but if, if airplanes and the airline industry operated like the medical industry, nobody would ever get on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, ever. You, I mean, nobody would be willing to do that. And yet we go walk into urgent cares and hospitals all the time, blind faith. And then, but there's this, there still is the ivory tower and it's in naturopathic medicine too. We're, we're guilty of it, of being in the ivory tower and we don't want anyone to question us. And we don't yeah. ever want to find out we're wrong. And we don't want to ever, you know, and it's like, but man, the, that's, yeah, anyways, a whole thing. I, at some point, we're going to have to wrap this up somewhere though, because you right. and I can do this all day. <laughs> oh my God. Amanda, thank you so much. We're going to have all your information for people to be able to get a hold of you and follow up on what you're up to and keep us posted. When the book comes out, we'll have you come back and talk about it because I want to hear more. And Oh, cool. You know, it's just, thank you for yeah. everything you do and all the people you're making a difference for. And to talk about, you know, a subject that there are a lot of people that deal with hypermobility issues and it's not something that's often thought of in that same way. So it's awesome to be able to highlight that and, and have people recognize there might be further investigation is important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Another dark area to shine a light on. Thanks Dr. Marshall for doing it again. You betcha. Cool. (laughs) Until we get to do it again. Inspired by the success of Heal, we are now a community of over 4,000 incredible listeners. We will be launching some courses and workshops in 2021. Yes, that number keeps growing. Thank you, guys. And yes, I record a new outro each episode, just seeing if you're still paying attention. Be the first to know about the courses and other bonus tidbits of knowledge by joining our mailing list at sarahmarshallnd.com. Thank you to today's guest, Dr. Amanda Lynn Hoffman, for her courage and her laughter. For a full transcript and all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com backslash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.